Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. And today I do not have a guest. I thought I was going to have a guest. I booked a groomer to come talk to you about what you need to teach your dog to be the best customer at the groomer. Because the best customer at the groomer gets a little bit of a discount sometimes, but also gets treated so well and has a wonderful experience. And each and every time they go, they get a good, lovely time and they get touched and praised and everything is good. Whereas a difficult dog, you get full price or more. The dog is difficult. It has a terrible time. It's stressed. It's not good. And each time it's experiencing more of that, getting more stressed about it, maybe adding on to things like perhaps it's now afraid of the car because the car took it to the groomer, or it's afraid of the vacuum because it sounds like the clippers. And all kinds of problems can result if your dog doesn't like the groomer. So what you want to do is touch your dog all over every day. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm also going to talk about the mirror. Have you noticed that your dog is looking at you through the mirror, maybe? Or your cat? Or have you noticed that your puppy barked at the mirror and then all of a sudden one day stopped? What is that about? Right now about that a little bit. So yeah, let's begin the show. Grooming. Okay. You may think you'll never have to send your dog or cat for grooming, but that may not be true. If they ever get injured in any way, they're going to go to the vet. And the first thing they're going to do is is pull out those noisy, scary clippers. And they're going to shave some part of your dog or cat. Even if the injury has nothing to do with fur, they may need to get injections in. They may need to get to the skin to do drips and whatnot. But probably there could be an actual cut, a laceration, an injury, a tear, a blood source, some place that's bleeding. And they can't tell anything with all that fur. So right away, zip, 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 they're getting those clippers out. And the minute the clippers come out, if your dog isn't used to it and isn't used to being touched all over, not only is he or she or your cat, not only is your kitty, he or she, freaking out because they're in pain and they're injured and their adrenaline is going like crazy, and freaking out because they're at the vet and it smells like all kinds of animals and fear and pain and drugs. But on top of all that, now there's some kind of clipper coming at them. So that's not good. So instead, what you want to do is right away, get them used to all kinds of things right away with your puppies and kittens. Or even if you're listening now and you've got some old dog or cat that is kind of crotchety, right away, start to get them used to being touched. If your cat only likes being touched on the head and only gently, okay, start with that and do it for just less than the cat wants, a little more gently than the cat actually wants. Make him or her press into you to ask for more. Make him or her come back to you to demand more. Okay, so now you've got a cat who wants to be touched more. Yes, that's great. Okay, perfect. Touch it more. Little by little, always giving it less than it wants and a lighter touch than it seems to want. And you'll have a cat that's rubbing against you and letting you touch all of it in no time. So don't go for those difficult areas that you didn't get it used to originally, like the groin area 
and the tummy and the belly. The cat is a predator, but it's also prey to many animals out there. And so its belly is where it would get ripped open by an animal who wants to eat it. It is not going to expose its belly to you until it trusts you completely with touch. So touch it everywhere else. And gradually, one day, it'll offer its belly and you'll be able to stroke always lighter and less than the cat wants. Or what you'll find is it'll grab you with all its claws and kind of hug you in and make sure you're wearing long sleeves for this. Okay, <laughs> so that's for the cats. For the dogs, we want to start right away with brushing the puppy and touching the puppy and making sure every day you got to annoy it a little bit, a little bit. Just touch its toes and touch its teeth and touch its tail and touch all over. So it knows that all these things are normal and no big deal. So it knows that when the vet's doing this, that's not an added stress. It's so used to being touched, doesn't care about that. Use a brush sometimes. Have a vacuum going somewhere in the house where the dog or cat is near and not involved. Gets used to that noise. Don't just protect, isolate. Let it get used to the noises of the house. You don't want to flood them or overwhelm them. Just let them get used to these things. And if you have a razor or a clipper or any kind of shaver around, then use it around your pet so they get used to the fact that it's a normal part of life. Okay, so that's my advice for the groomer. And oh, I have one more big thing for the groomer. I've had several situations where my favorite groomer has called me and said, can you meet me in the parking lot? Okay, that's because I live very close by. I, I live and work at Camp Good Dog and I'm very close by to Yale Grooming Shop. And once in a while, she'll get customers who are just so upset about leaving their dog, so stressed that the dog picks up on it. And it's amazing how quickly the dog's mood will change. So the people think the dog doesn't want to go to the groomer. The dog's afraid of the groomer. Oh, no, they jump to wrong conclusions like maybe something bad happened here. Maybe the dog has a sixth sense. Maybe we shouldn't leave her after all. You know, And actually, it's them doing that. So if I meet them in the parking lot and talk to them, and get them to pretend to be happy and get them to prance around a bit, maybe get the dog to do a trick or two and then march into the foyer. The dog just all of a sudden is happy, good lucky, la la la, and wants to go to the groomer. And it's striking how often this happens. So if you're stressed, your dog will be stressed. Don't be stressed. It's just a haircut. <laughs> it's just a haircut. Same for the cats. It's just a cleanup. All right, everybody, we're going to go to break and come back. And I want to tell you about 200 feral cats that probably wouldn't expect to see where they are. It's outstanding, outstanding use of animals. Okay, so stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, you're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. And I saw in the news a great little article about feral cats, a feral cat colony, 200 of them, which, you know, I'm always into. I'm into trap, neuter, and release. I do it at the Abbotsford Airport, and I've been involved with it in many different ways. The idea is there's some cats living somewhere in the wild, and they're securing a territory. They're keeping it rodent-free and pest-free, and they're doing their thing. But they don't want them to overreproduce. They don't want them to become out of control. And yet there's no homes for these cats and they're completely wild. So what do you do? You trap, neuter and release. So you trap them. You make sure they have their vaccinations and parasite control and they're all healthy. And you sterilize them, neuter or spay so they won't have more babies. And then you release them back to exactly where they were. Now, if the place is a sensitive bird hatchery, of course, they get relocated. But some places actually need them. And one of the happiest places on earth needs them. Disneyland is the place where they use 200 feral cats to control the rodent population. So well done, Disneyland. It's such a better solution than poison. Definitely. Okay. So I want to give a salute to Disneyland and their 200 feral cats. That's fantastic. Okay. So moving along, I've got so many things in the news here that I want to cover, but I did tease you with the mirror. Okay, so some of you, probably many of you, have had puppies or kittens that will just, at a certain age, stand awestruck in front of a mirror, just completely shocked at their own reflection. A puppy will often bark at it or lunge at it, try to play with himself. You know, that sounds different than I meant it. Try to play with his own reflection, try and interact with the puppy he sees in the mirror. And uh, the cat will do the same. The cat will stalk its reflection as if, it sees somebody else. And then all of a sudden, maybe a week or two later, they don't even see the mirror anymore. They look at it like it's a blank wall. The dog or kitten will just, puppy or kitten will just walk right by it as if there's nothing there. Well, part of it is they, they are ignoring their visual because they've learned that their audio and their smell is correct. So there were three senses coming in. They couldn't smell the stranger. They couldn't hear the stranger, but they saw the stranger. They decide after a while that meh, This is just (laughs) a visual anomaly we should ignore. So that's part of it because smarter dogs change their mind about the reflection quicker. So it's quite interesting. But other than that, we can't explain why why they see it like that. And we also can't explain, and this is the cool part, why some dogs and cats actually use the mirror. So this is quite common, not as common as ignoring it completely, but it's quite common to have a dog who doesn't want to make eye contact use the mirror to look at you. So for example, years ago, I had this Rottweiler chopper. He was a rescue Rottweiler hound dog and he'd been very badly mistreated. So he was really, really grateful every day. He was like my loyal servant. I couldn't get the guy to take a time out. He was just so willing to please me and work hard. And he used to always want to watch me and always want to look at me, but he wouldn't make eye contact. Like he really, really wouldn't, especially for years, he wouldn't because he was not going to defy me, not going to challenge me. He was so, so respectful. But whenever we were around a mirror, and in one part of my home, there's cupboard doors that are mirrored, he, he, would, <laughs> he would use the mirror to stare right in, my, right in my eyes, through the mirror, look into the mirror at me. I would feel watched, and I would look in the mirror and see him staring at me. And I've seen this with my car mirror. 
And I've, I've seen it with more than him. I've seen it with my blue healer dogs and uh, quite a few dogs will use the mirror to look at you. So if you don't think your dog is doing it, check that out. It does indicate an awareness that scientists would argue dogs don't have. Okay. So what am I talking about? One of these big measures, you know, like thumbs and reason and tool making, one of these big measures of whether a certain species is intelligent like man, which I hate to say it that way, but that's the way it's been phrased historically, intelligent like humankind. One of the ways this is measured is this particular ability. Does an animal recognize itself in a reflection? If it does, like a dolphin, dolphin looks in a mirror and at first it starts to make faces at itself and then it starts to check it out. It lifts a flipper and then another flipper. It's trying to see if that's really it. Is this me? Is this me doing this? Okay, well, I have a dog who does that. And she didn't just do it once. She's a standard poodle. Okay, fair enough. Top of the canine domestic chart on intelligence. Top three for sure. And she's a bright one. But even still, when she's, you know, given the privilege of letting being loud up to that one room with the mirrored cabinets and getting to sit on my bed, she will almost every time look at herself in the mirror, admire herself. And just to double check, because she wants to make sure it's her, I see her gently lift her paw and look. Is that me? Yeah, that's me. So you can't tell me dogs aren't intelligent. You just can't tell me that anymore by any measure. All right, we're going to go to break and we'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Hello. You're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. And we've been talking about dogs and cats and different topics. And I want to give you an alert. It's a bit of a heads up to a show I'm going to be doing very soon, as soon as I can get Dr. Jory back on the show. My own veterinarian alerted me to this. My local vet at Haney Animal Hospital wanted me to know about this. And he wrote an article for the paper about this. And it's something I've been hearing a buzz about for a while. So I contacted Dr. Jory to see if he'd come on air and discuss it, and he will. But dogs are dying, and they're dying from intensely increased, enlarged heart. And it's just terrible. The young, healthy, happy, otherwise perfectly sound dogs get this problem where the heart loses its capacity and strength to pump the blood into the blood vessels, and they get heart failure. Doberman Pinsers, Great Danes, St. Bernard's, Newfoundlands, but also, you know, those are kind of the big deep chested dogs that we kind of worry about with heart problems, but also English Cocker Spaniels, American Cocker Spaniels, those dogs, they were always predisposed to it. And so it was always a worry with them, but it's now 
showing up in all kinds of breeds, whippets, shih tzus, bulldogs. It's called DCM, dilated cardiomyopathy is the full term. And the only thing they can see that might be causing this, the big suspicion at the moment, there's no proof, but the big suspicion is that it's the high-end, expensive, commercial pet food that is grain-free. So I'd say it's alarming because so many of the people who are using these grain-free diets are the people who wanted to spend more to do the right thing. Golden retrievers, Labrador retrievers, doodles, poodles. And what happens is, uh, you know, they get, they end up going to the vet and their heart is enormous and they die. And the only cause they can think of is these grain-free diets. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, if you're asking me and my dogs live a long time and I've been doing this a long time and I've been watching what my camp good dog boarding kennel customers feed and I notice, I notice the trends, right? I notice when all of a sudden everybody's sending these weird buckets of octopus and tripe and raw this and raw that and rice and different things. I notice, okay? <laughs> it's changed a lot over the years. Some of this stuff looks like more like sushi and people sending literally cans of tuna or or sausages or whole fish. I mean, we've had everything sent here, every kind of dog food, dry and wet and homemade and raw, every kind you could think of. And some of it is quite disgusting to handle and deal with. And I do worry about the issues, not here, but at home, when they leave it out too long. What's the temperature actually? It was frozen. Now it's thawed. Is it going back in the freezer? Did the dog eat it all? Did somebody else touch it like a little kid, put their hand in their mouth? I worry about these things with raw. I worry about the extremes like this, the grain-free. I never went for grain-free. I had customers questioning me, some of my puppy buyers. Why aren't you using grain-free? It's the best. Why are you feeding so much grain to your dogs? Because what I've been choosing is Royal Canaan for the last few years. And for my puppies it's and my nursing moms and pregnant moms, it's puppy development. And for everyone else, it's adult. And uh, hypoallergenic is their favorite just because it's yam and duck. So yam and duck, yeah, that's what they get. And I've always, always believed that dogs and cats deserve food, not just dry kibble. It's like me, if I was eating cereal every day for every meal, that's for me, that's just too much. It's great to have a bowl of cereal every day. It really is. I, I usually start every day with a bowl of cereal because then I know I got something in me and it's healthy and I'm starting balance. My stomach's not empty. That's how I feel about kibble. When I feed dogs breakfast and dinner, which I do, there's always kibble. And then there's usually something else. Sometimes it's half a can of Royal Canin wet food mixed with water to make it interesting, like for the puppies who are learning to chew. Or sometimes it's eggs from my own chickens cooked up. That's their favorite. They love it. All the dogs and all the puppies love the eggs. Sometimes it's a stew of yams and meats and, you know, all kinds of things. Depends. If a dog's underweight, I'll try and fatten them up with salmon. If, do if a dog is too heavy, then it might get a different diet. But it's easy to feed dogs. You look at the ingredients label on the best foods you can find that are vet approved and anything on there is okay to feed them. Same with cats, anything on that ingredients label. But I would suggest stay away from extremes. When something is brand new and touted as the cure-all and the best, and it hasn't been tried for long, like this grain-free, then I think maybe you steer clear of that. So that would be my advice. We're going to have Dr. Jory on in a future show. He's veterinarian practicing in, in the Toronto area, north of Toronto. 
and uh, he'll be coming on because I do definitely want to have a, a doctor talking to you all about this topic and I want to ask him questions about it. But I think moderation is always good. Don't go for extremes and use common sense. So for example, when I see on the back of my dog food label that it says yogurt and it says carrots and it says beef, just for a few quick examples, it says yams, it says duck, then I know that if I'm I accidentally bought yogurt and I still have yogurt and they're both good, but I'm not going to go through them in time. Do I give it to the dog? Yes, I give it to the dog. Of course, I give it to the dog. I pour it on his food and he's so happy and it's so good for him. So you got to, you know, it's on the back of the label because it's good for him. So that's what I suggest. And just make sure you're not giving these scraps and treats for begging or rude behavior that it's always with the meal and as a reward for good behavior like tricks. No trick, no treat. Give the treat after the trick and don't cave in and give him the treat anyway, or you'll have a dog who never does tricks. But uh, dogs enjoy doing tricks. They enjoy earning their food. So try and make your dog work. And the same is true for cats. People think cats can't do anything. It's so not true. So here's the thing, cats and gravity. Okay. So <laughs> what is with cats and gravity? You know it if you have a cat. You know there's a problem with gravity. You know that they are always investigating gravity. You know there's one cat, if you have more than one, that's like forever knocking things off of things. Just walks over and boop, off goes the mug off the coffee table, walks over and boop, there goes the figurine. Why is it doing that? I do not know. But there's something with cats and gravity, something going on, an ongoing investigation. And I will be asking Dusty Rainbow on a different show, just like I'm going to ask Dr. Jory to log in on his grain-free opinion. I am going to ask Dusty Rainbow to explain to me what this fascination with gravity is with cats, because it and it's certain things too, certain objects, no matter where I place it, the cat will knock it off again as if it enjoys seeing it fall. Very curious. So before the show began, I was talking with the station master, Mark, about cats. He was saying that his cats are less predictable than his dogs, and he finds them more interesting. And it's, I sort of agreed with him in part, but then I realized I don't agree with him. I think cats are predictable in their unpredictability, like the gravity thing. Sometimes it seems like, oh, wow, who would have thought they'd do that? But you know what? It is totally predictable. That same cat does that all the time. Or for example, right now on the back of my chair, there's a cat called Bobby who is just going to town. He's in the top of the backrest, taller than me, the seat is. So I don't notice him there, but I can feel the whole seat shaking and he's scratching and he's having a grand old time up there. Very predictable. He only goes up there when I'm on the radio. And before him, my cat before Knuckles, who passed, he used to go up there, do the same thing. So it's predictable. Now, if you didn't know that they did this and you came here and sat in this chair and all of a sudden the cat threw itself into that position and started digging away happily at the back of the chair, you might think, well, that's weird, but it's completely predictable. Every time I sit in this chair, there's a cat on the back of the chair <laughs> doing that probably because occasionally during the commercial breaks, I lift my arm up and stroke it. So with a cat, with a dog, there's always a reward. So basically I've taught this cat this trick. When I'm sitting in this chair, if you jump on, on the back and act like a maniac, I will reward you. So that's our trick for radio. It's not the best trick for radio, but you know what? If we were doing a visual, it'd be adorable. He's beautiful, gray tabby cat. And if you want to get a look at him, I do have some footage of him posted because he's so friendly with dogs. 
that one of my mama dogs actually welcomed the cat, who's 10 months old now, or roughly, welcomed this young cat in with our litter of newborn golden doodles. And I posted it on my Dab Wolf Pet Expert YouTube site. So if you want to check on them, if you want to see what he looks like, you'll see him in there cleaning the puppies and hanging out with the mama bunny. Those puppies are now ready to be adopted. Seven of them went to homes. There's just three left, but I do have more puppies and there is more puppy footage being posted today of the 10 Labradoodles born on March 30th. So if you want to see puppy footage, go to Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. And if you're local, somewhere in the Vancouver, Lower Mainland, BC area, and you're interested in a puppy in 2021, then please go to doodlepoodlepuppies.com to register. And you'll see there, you can give us a call at Camp Good Dog. I'll just give out the number 604-515-2267. Give us a call, leave us a message, let us know you're interested in a puppy so we don't lose you in the kerfuffle because we are being inundated with people who want to who want puppies. So before I go today, I just want to give a, a salute to this company that made a fantastic commercial. You'll see it on TV. It's for Capri, these little juice box things, these juice pouches. And the slogan is, hold my pouch. But it's basically a bunch of kids playing in a neighborhood and one kid's about to get bullied. So another kid is fast thinking and he throws a tennis ball. So it lands right by the little victim. And of course, the St. Bernard goes after the tennis ball, comes running over and stands beside the puny little kid who's about to be bullied. And the big kid runs off. Now, the St. Bernard, he's just chasing a ball, right? He doesn't know he's saving the day. But that's what dogs do. That's what dogs do. Every little kid needs a dog friend like that. So I just wanted to salute that company because normally on commercials, dogs are shown as selfish, destructive, ridiculous, or counter to their breed, like huskies who don't want to play in snow, you know? And this time, this time they got it right. So well done. Okay, everyone, I'll be back with guests next time. Stay tuned for that. And if you want to see more puppy footage, you just go to Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. I'll also be posting the usual places like Camp Good Dog on Facebook. So from me, Deb Wolf, and Animal Party and Pet Life Radio, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.